Hey guys, welcome back to the newest episode of Top of the Hill. The Sweet 16 is set, so we have to cover all of that action. The NBA trade deadline was this past week, and a lot of teams shook up their rosters. There was also some movement in the NFL, so we're going to touch on that a little bit too. The podcast is going to finish up with a look back at the 2013 NFL Draft, one of the most mind-boggling in all of sports history. And there's also a very special surprise on the other side of my intro sound. So let's just get right into it. Hello and welcome in to Top of the Hill. It's Top of the Hill 10, and to start the show off, I have to make an announcement. Top of the Hill has made a trade, a one-week trade. We traded away Mr. Tyler Kirk and a second-round pick to pick up Total Talks' Jason Kutcher. Hello, I'm happy to be on here. How are you doing today, Logan? I'm good. I was about to ask you how you're doing today. Hey, podcast minds think alike. (laughs) How was your week this week? Before we get into well, any sports, news? you know, we were just uh, working together. Didn't I don't 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 feel too happy about that. About it was that. a night. Yeah, I mean, night. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I've 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 got through a lot of things this week, but I definitely want to get into some of these topics here. First off, let's just take a look back at what happened uh, last week in the round of thirty-two and oh, the round of sixty-four. Absolutely, I'm glad you beat me to it let's get right into it so i tried to watch as many of the games as possible did you get a chance to watch any? i didn't get to watch many of them but i got to watch a couple of okay, them so but but you let, know if you keep it up if you you know keep up the date on them you can just see that this has been a, a tournament of upsets and i think we talked about that i talked with somebody about it and they're like oh after round 64 oh i mean it's an average tournament you know and then you know these upsets kind of keep going and keep going yeah. so for me the one that like really stood out and i was I was thinking that this is going to be a crazy year. Was I was watching Ohio State play Oral Roberts in the first round. Oral Roberts has become the Cinderella of this tournament. And I was watching them play in the first round, and I texted in our um, March Madness group chat, and I said, dang, Ohio State's down four at the half to Oral Roberts. And I was like five minutes too early. The, ge- the first half was still going on. And then they ended up losing the game. I believe it went to overtime. They ended up losing the game in OT. So that was probably the craziest game. I watched both of Maryland's games. I watched the good win. I watched the heartbreaking loss. I watched, oh, I mean, I said on last week's podcast when I did it with Tyler is I wanted to try and bet on as many games as I can. And yeah, so how'd that go for you? Terrible, terrible. Well, tell them, tell them about, about your first four. Okay, uh, so yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell the podcast about my first four. So the first four games, obviously the playing games, I said, it's four games, I can handle it. I'm going to put $10 on every single one. I went 0 for 4. 0 for 4, and it came down to the last game was Michigan State, UCLA, and I Michigan State. I think I took them plus the points, and it was looking good the whole game, and then finally it went to OT, and UCLA won, and that really, I was down $40 before the round of 64 even started. <laughs> what are you going to do? Hey, it happens to the best of us. Hey, that's a bad beat, but, you know, you can only do what you can do. Um, you know, one thing I, I, I picked up from last episode is, you guys were saying Ohio State, you know, that was the one of the teams to beat. You know, I mean, I, a, a I red so. hot team. I really thought. I think so. we all do. I, I mean, I like Ohio State as far as as far as football goes, but I don't keep it up as much with college basketball. But I mean, you know, like like you said last episode, we were robbed absolutely I of mean, last season, and um, you know, I'm just happy to be back. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a blessing. I mean, and I think about it all the time. Is 
this tournament, I don't know if it's because we did go two years without the tournament or just because in the COVID world that this one is so different that it's almost like, why, why is all this crazy stuff happening? But it's just, it's March, man. That's all you can say. Like, yeah, when I lost yeah. all four of my bets, I texted Tyler. I said, it's March. It's, it's well, March. What can you do about this it? I mean, it has come back in, in great fashion, I would argue. But, um, you know, you mentioned Oral Roberts as, uh, you know, the Cinderella team. But I would argue there's a lot of Cinderella teams that still left. No, the, absolutely there is. You know, you so have number 12, Oregon. I'm sorry. That's I was just going to say that's a good way. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get into the Sweet 16 matchups, and we'll just start. We'll kind of go down the list, and we'll talk about what we know. So Loyola, Chicago, Oregon State is the first game yeah, and of it's, the weekend. It's funny that, you know, people oh, – or, sorry, Loyola, Chicago, they're, they're the higher seed in this matchup. Yes. That's it's something an, like – I believe it's an 8 and a 12. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. not even just that. I mean – they're the significantly a higher seed. Well, the, but I, I mean, yeah. I think this is one of those games where it's like probably Oregon is probably, pardon me, Oregon State is more favored, I think. Yeah, maybe they're they're really hot. I'm pretty sure that they won the Pac-12 tournament because they, they were just very hot coming into the tournament. They took down Oklahoma State fourth yeah. team with the, with the player that's going to go first in the NBA yeah. draft, mm-hmm. Cade Cunningham. They took, the, I think they beat them. I watched that whole game. They ended up beating them pretty handily. It wasn't... Oh, excuse me, Oklahoma State ended up making it very close at the end, but then yeah. it just got away from it. And, you know, one thing you mentioned in the last podcast was, you know, these teams with these stars, they do very well in, like, the first two rounds. But they don't – they haven't really translated, you know, Luca Garza, Cade uh, Cunningham, like you said. Yeah. The, these players all so, t- t- took an L in the round exactly. of 32. Exactly. So the thing, the thing for – the difference between Luca Garza and Cade Cunningham is – and that's exactly, like – Luca Garza wins like or is in the running for Player of the Year the last yeah, couple sure. of years. His game's not going to translate to the NBA somehow, and everyone's everyone's kind of saying like, how can that be possible? But it's because you can get away with certain styles in college that don't translate well, well to the NBA. You know, it's also you know I've noticed over you know watching the league for so many years is big men's game usually doesn't translate as well. Absolutely, yeah, like Absolutely. and that's just how it is. And Cade Cunningham is he's literally. The modern version of what LeBron, what LeBron James does with the Lakers now, where he plays point guard, mm-hmm. Cade Cunningham is basically the eighteen, nineteen year old version of that because he's like six foot eight, plays the point guard, draws a double every time down the floor. But just watching that, I don't. You said you didn't watch it, but Oklahoma State, it was really Cade Cunningham mm-hmm. out there and a bunch of just guys. I and mean, that's that's you, why they just by watching losing. the highlights, you can kind of mm-hmm. get that. I mean, they were they're yeah. missing free throws left and right, layups left and right. I mean, it's you, a star can only take you so yeah. far. I mean, in, at the end of the day, it's it's not the NBA where I mean, even the NBA now, it's like you you need multiple, you just need a good team. Yeah, but especially just, coming into a tournament where it's like absolutely big stars are falling left and right. Yeah, so just getting back to our Sweet Sixteen matchups here: Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State. I watched Loyola, Chicago take down Illinois, and a lot of people. I think I said it on the podcast last week. Illinois was my pick to win it all because they were playing that well. Mm-hmm. They had Iota Sumo and Kofi Coburn, who were playing like two of the best players in the country. Well, Loyola Chicago just took it to them. Did you see their big not, man? Not even. The, um, it wasn't even close. Fu Manchu. Yeah, no, it wasn't yeah. even close. They really ran away with it in the second half. Sister Jean, it's got them feeling Sister good. Sister Jean, I don't. <laughs> Sister Jean, she might only have a couple more tournament games left. Okay, in her. but that's what we all thought. But the that's last what we time. love. That's what we love about it, though. Yeah, that's so, that's what we love about the about the madness. So I mean, they could really win it again. They could beat Oregon State. That wouldn't be surprising. It wouldn't be surprising, no. But I mean, looking into who's, I mean. I would love to see a Loyola Chicago uh, Syracuse matchup here. That would be the crazy, wouldn't it? And 
Um, you know, we're talking about Oregon or that game right now. But who do you have in that game? In uh, Loyola Chicago, Oregon State? Yeah. I'm going to rock with, at this point, they knocked off Illinois. You have to rock with Loyola Chicago. It's, it, I mean, it's a team you want to win. I just, these I mid-major know. teams, yeah. I just, for, and it, this is just like a bias in me, is that it just, I just, you're going to get the best training, yeah, you know, I know the you best mean. facilities, and I don't know, man. It, I, I just can't see Loyola Chicago pulling that out again, but I hope they prove me wrong. At this point, like I said, since they knocked off Illinois, who was pretty much the number one seed in the entire tournament, yeah. besides mm-hmm. Gonzaga, how can you bet against them at this point? But just let's – that's – I mean, there's not a lot to talk about that one. That's one of the more – if you had to pick a lackluster matchup, that's probably one of the more lackluster matchups. I think it has the potential to be a good it matchup. It does. It has like its storylines. Yeah. It'll be a good game. It's, but it's, it's too – There's uh, more firepower you out know, there. You know, seeds that are very, like, high seeds facing each other. And I, and that's something you like to see in March. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Do you have a thought about um, Baylor and Villanova? <sighs> Baylor – if I had to pick one team – that I think could probably win it all. It's got to be Baylor. I mean, just a at the Zags. I see the thing about them, and this is this is where I always get March Madness wrong. Is that these teams they don't play anybody, and then <laughs> it doesn't matter when they get to come to tournament time. They, yeah, it doesn't. They matter. still smack everybody. But I took okay. So this was one of my worst beats. Like I said, I bet on a bunch of the games. I didn't bet on every single one, but I bet on a bunch of them, and. I took Nor Gonzaga played Norfolk State, and I was looking at my lines, and I said Gonzaga was favored by thirty three points, right? And so I was like, well, they're not going to win by more than thirty three. It's forty minutes of basketball. Do you know how good you have to be? They won by fifty. They won by almost yeah, fifty. Yeah, they won so by that was a bad beat. to fifty five. I mean, I would have done the same thing. Thirty three points. I was like, <laughs> I I talked about it with Garrett. I said, how's that one going to miss? That's a hit right there. And then. I just lost more money. And then they, they went on to beat Oklahoma handedly as well. And now it's uh, Gonzaga and Creighton. And I, I don't see any way Creighton competes. With I them. don't. Gonzaga, I, I've, I've watched them play a couple of times now in the tournament and then early on this year. Jalen Suggs, I've said it on the last podcast. I'll say it again. One of the best players in the entire country. And they have that one guy. He had a Fu Manchu also. Big, tall, lanky guy. Now, my thing about that is... Is that a team that you think like? No, when you see people with the foam, the crazy facial hair, do you think that's just tournament Drew Timmy, time? That's his name. You think that's just tournament time? I heard, it's a, tw- I heard it's a tournament. I would too, too, because it's like, yeah, like you're gonna get if you're not, <laughs> you're gonna get, you're gonna you're get noticed. You're gonna get exactly. You're gonna get that clout. You're gonna. And get it's noticed. like th- th- that's not a guy that's gonna go to the league. Hold like, on. Hey. Before we go any further, do you have any idea where Gonzaga is? I had to look it up this week. I had no idea. Probably in Middle America somewhere. Give me just guess a state. Pick one for me. Wyoming. It is in Washington. It's Washington. In yeah. I did not know no, that. I had no idea. Wow. I was talking about it with my dad. I said, do you know Gonzaga's in Washington? He's like, oh, yeah, I do remember that now. Sure you I did, would have Rob. never have sure guessed. I would have never have guessed. <laughs> but um, we're getting out of order here, so let's go back. Baylor-Villanova, I mean, I don't really have a pick. I think Baylor's going to win it because Villanova's missing Colin Gillespie, their best player. Mm-hmm. They've looked like a very good team through their first couple of tournament games, but it's still... Now it's going to be strength versus strength, and Baylor is very good. And they've just they've been hot. Yes, and I I really think this game should be a wash. And, okay. You know, and I said this earlier. I think if I feel like Baylor is going to win it all. Yeah. No. I much mean, much deserved after they should have a shot at yeah, it. Yeah. Like they've been in the they've been consistently in the tournament year after year. I'd probably for the past what five seven years. Yes, I'm going to say yes. They're the last Big Twelve team standing. Yeah, so all the other Big Twelve teams are gone. I could get into the Big Ten 
I, we don't have to do that today. I'm but, very sad about it. <laughs> it. It was that was the big boast about coming into the, into yeah, the tournament. Was the Big just Ten had team nine teams. after team after team taking. And else. the thing was that the talk all season. I'm pretty sure I've said it a couple of times. Oh yeah. During the top of the hill history is that the Big Ten was the best conference in basketball from top to bottom, and the reason that their records were like they were was because they were beating each other up. So then it got to the tournament and they. Eight of the nine teams are gone by the Sweet 16. Yeah, and most of them lost to lesser teams. So, um, Ohio State was a two seed. Illinois was a one seed. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think about who else went down. Oh, Purdue was a four seed. Purdue, Iowa. Iowa was a two seed. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of these, they got their high seeds and they still lost. Maryland was a 10. Rutgers was a 10. Rutgers took Houston down to the wire, and then Houston just flipped the switch and won the game real quick. So, you hate to see that. But... Moving on to what is probably going to be one of the better matchups of the Sweet 16, Arkansas and Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, like I said, the Cinderella story and Arkansas, the running gun, the fast defense, the fast offense. It should. Do you think this is where Oral Roberts Cinderella it's runs? It's got to be right. I mean, you're going to look at Arkansas, the Coach Musselman. Am I right? Yeah, Coach Musselman. Yeah, I mean that's just a team that they has, get up and down the floor and so the you know they'll push the pace and i just don't know if oral roberts has the the, the yeah athletes so the up. only thing that plays into oral roberts favor is that they have max Asmus, who is the leading scorer in the entire nation what's the averaging if you if you know i will tell you but i found that out in the first round because they were looking to be the first team since uh lehigh with cj mccullum back in like 2012 mm-hmm. to win in the first round and they beat they beat Duke way back when, and then Max A. Smith and the Oral Roberts. I don't know what their mascot is. I don't even know if I want to know about their mascot. It's probably like the Eagles or something. I'll tell yeah. you after I pulled up Max A. Smith's stats. He is, I mean, that that's just a college. He's like, averaging. Oh, they, <laughs> they're the Oral Roberts Golden Eagles. There Come we go. On. Let's go. So he's averaging 24.5 points per game to go along with 3.3 rebounds and 3.8 assists on 47.9% shooting. So, I mean, exactly what you want from the leading scorer in the nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it's March. They have a shot. But I just think with these Cinderella's is we've never seen a Cinderella go all the way. They just run out of steam. You know what I mean? Even back when it was Florida Gulf Coast way back when, a couple years yeah. in, in the past. They, I mean, Loyola Robert, or sorry, Loyola Chicago, you know, we mentioned them earlier, but they went to the Final Four. People forget that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and... With the COVID situation, with the limited fans and all, it's really, if you haven't figured it out yet, anything can happen. Yeah, I think I think if, um, you know, a couple of scores go certain ways, it could definitely be, like, paths for these higher seeds to make it definitely into the Final Four, I would think. For sure. And we've already seen the most upsets in tournament history, and we're only in the Sweet 16. I mean, I don't have much else to say about Arkansas or Oral Roberts. I think it'll be a good game. Arkansas had me worried when they were playing Colgate, but they ended up winning that one and moving on. Yep. Next matchup mm-hmm. is Syracuse, Orange, and the Houston Cougars. Now, I'll just say this. There is no more dangerous force in college basketball than the Syracuse than zone. The Syracuse team in March with nothing to lose. I think, the I mean, zone. I, I think that they've probably surpassed their – yeah, their no, expectations no, exactly, for this season. Like, exactly. This is a W for Mr. Uh, Beheim. Yeah, anything beyond this is just icing on top of the cake. And that's just to step aside for a second. That's what I felt like with Maryland this year. Once mm-hmm. they once they got into the tournament, because at the beginning of the season, the way things were going, you're thinking they're not even going to make the tournament. It doesn't matter. So they made the tournament, and they won their first game, and they looked good doing it. Mm-hmm. 
they went into a, they ran into a buzzsaw going up against Alabama. I mean, they scored ninety six points in a college basketball yeah. game, so that was really cool. And I I heard people saying it saved Turgeon's job for the year, which I didn't even cross my mind. But I don't really put a lot of thought into that because you see so many people that hate Turgeon, people that mm-hmm. like him. It doesn't really matter. But getting back to Syracuse and Bayheim, exactly, they had their up and downs this year. They're an eleven seed. They were just they're one of those teams where it's like we're just happy to be here almost. But Bayheim isn't like that. He it's March. You know, the weird thing about this uh, Syracuse team is, you know, when you think of Syracuse, you usually think of, you know, defense. That, that's what comes to mind for the me. Two, the 2-3 two, zone, 3-2 two, zone. Yeah, 2-3 yeah, two, yeah, two, zone, yep. But um, that hasn't really been – I mean, they, they've had, you know, a good well, defense, but yeah. they, they've been explosive on the offensive end and of the floor. You know who's been explosive, right? Uh, Mr. Buddy. Mr. Buddy Bayheim, the son of Jim Bayheim. Let's just take a second here. Jim Bayheim is 76 years old. Yes. His son Buddy is 21. Can't fault that. I mean, he has this kid, what? At like 55. <laughs> at like 55. I told my grandfather the other day, who's in his, I believe, his early 70s, and he said, that would be like if I had a 20-year-old kid right now. And I said, that's exactly what it would be like. Uh, yeah, and, well, he's not coaching a college <laughs> he's not, basketball team. Well, he's not team. coaching a college basketball team. But isn't that kind of cool? Because I just feel like with the coach's son, as you always think of them just being, like, not that good. I was mm-hmm. a coach's son. I wasn't that good. And so, like... But sometimes the dad will just play him too much anyway. My dad never did. I, I rode pine when I deserved to ride pine. <laughs> the worst, and I'll just take two minutes and tell this story. We were playing an AAU tournament in Ocean City, and our last game was we were playing inside like a hockey rink that was converted to a basketball court. Was it cold? It was not cold, but we had the like walls around us, right? Yep. I got a tech because this kid on the other team was just like being a jerk, like he was just being so dumb, not playing. Like, he was playing outside the rules, basically. And so I ended up getting a tech for trying to do a chase-down block on a layup, and they called an intentional technical foul. I was, just, I went for the ball, but that's neither here nor there. That was years ago. But then I got heated. Still living. I know. But I get, I get out, I sub out, and I go to the bench, and I had some words with Coach Rob Hill. And he said, say one more thing, and I'm making you sit outside the walls. I just sat down on the end of the bench and went quiet. I was not, <laughs> I was not getting pushed outside the actual like court in front of my whole team. Yeah, that would be an awkward ride home, wouldn't it? Very awkward. <laughs> the two hours home from Ocean City. Yeah. But back to Syracuse and Houston, I think if Syracuse plays the zone defense the way that they know how and they shoot the lights out like they've been shooting – you have to give them a shot. Houston's a very good team, but Rutgers took them to the very end. Yeah, but Houston's also a, a good team with like an excellent defense, and yeah. that's and that's something that's got to it's got to scary if you're a Syracuse fan, right? Uh, yeah, it does. But at because, this point, like we just talked about it, they've already proven what they've come here to prove. Anything else is just extra, and that's the thing. Yeah, they don't have anything to lose. I mean, it, if they lose by like twenty, I mean, yeah, it'll, it'll suck. Hurt, but like, but come on, we made it to the Sweet Sixteen. Okay. In a COVID year. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna get their they're gonna get their banner, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. If, you think they're putting a banner up for that? Probably not. Syracuse has a little bit more uh, prestige. Yeah, prestige. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. But just looking at some of the rest of the matchups, Creighton and Gonzaga, we touched on it mm-hmm. already. I think that's going to be a runaway for Gonzaga. Yeah, for sure. I, don't th- I don't think Gonzaga faces any competition. I'll say in the Elite Eight at the very earliest, just based on who they can play. That but just makes me a little bit upset. Even the Final Four. They had the, coming into the tournament, they had the easiest path. They had the easiest path the entire... They literally, they've, this is like <laughs> a cake. This is the Mickey Mouse ring. Come on, man. <laughs> but So, I mean, that's really all that needs to be said about that. Florida State and Michigan. This is going to be an interesting game. You know, you get the rare, very rare battle of the seven-footers with Balsa... I can't say this name. <laughs> Kavrik... 
I don't. I don't have any idea. Yeah. Is he on Florida State? Because yeah, Michigan's got Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, Hunter seven Dickinson. foot center. It, it, it's going to be a nice little duel there. I, I, Hunter, okay, Hunter Dickinson. He's a freshman at Michigan. He is the Big Ten's bad boy this year. I I called the game when they played Maryland in College Park. I was on the call for the student radio, and he got a tech because every time he would score a basket, he would stare down the Maryland bench every single time, like for no reason. And he's from Dematha, so he's like a local kid. Mm-hmm. But he's just that's he's taking on the villain role. You know how someone always kind of takes on the villain yeah, role. Yeah. He that's what he has done this year, and it's been worked very well. I mean, Michigan's a one seed. I'm pretty sure they won at least a share of the Big Ten. I think they won the Big Ten by win percentage over Illinois. Yeah, I I I mean FSU is a good team in their own right, but I just I can't see them winning this game. Well, so they lost. I'm pretty sure if I think back, they lost to Georgia Tech in the ACC final. Yeah. So. Michigan didn't win the ACC or the Big Ten final either. They lost to Ohio State, who then lost to Illinois. But I just think Michigan, they have a, I'm pretty sure it's Isaiah Livers. He's has like an injured foot. So if he's a, and he's one of their best shooters, if he plays and he plays well, then I think Michigan takes it. I think it's, I think it's going to be very hard to put this Michigan team away with just how good they are defensively and the pieces they have that work together. They're Franz Wagner mm-hmm. along with Hunter Dickinson and then. What is his name? It's like, well, they, they have this guy, Mike Smith, who had tons and tons of assists against Maryland in the Big Ten tournament. And then they have a couple of other guys who are really good, but I don't feel like going into that much deeper. Yeah. Do you have anything else about it before we keep going forward? I think it's going to be a runaway game. Yeah, I mean, we're due for a couple of those, I feel like. <sighs> oh, for sure, but... A team with runaway ability, Alabama taking on UCLA. Now, yeah, that's... If they play 75% of what they played uh, against Maryland, I think it'll be a beatdown. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, I think not only was UCLA... Maryland was a higher seed, first off. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think watching Alabama beat Maryland the other night, and I listened to the first half on the radio and caught the second half on TV. If they shoot like that, if they play like that, I think they can go toe-to-toe with Gonzaga, with a Baylor, with a... Um, oh, Michigan. For sure, so, yeah. I think they stand. They've jumped out as one of the teams that could take this all home out of the sixteen remaining. Mm-hmm. It's been a good run for UCLA to beat Michigan State, and then they won their. They would be their next two. They yep. won two more, so they they put a beat down on. They beat who, Texas by one. Yes, and then they. I mean, Abilene Christian. I mean, is that really? So Abilene Christian beat Texas. I thought. Pardon me. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. They, play, uh, they, they beat BYU. Ab- yes, they beat and BYU, then they and then they played beat Abilene, Abilene Christian, Christian by 20. Okay, I hit that, but I took UCLA minus five and a half. I believe. And you hit the over. I know it just hit because they won by 20. Uh, so that was good. Um, but yeah, so I just think this is probably the end of the road for UCLA. And let's just take a second. There is four Pac-12 teams in. In the tournament still. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the conferences. Like, I think I will personally say I slept on. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people did, and maybe it's just because all their games are at, like, 1 a.m. Yeah, yeah I, mean, yeah, I mean, if you're on the West Coast, you've got to, like, you're probably like, okay, well, we, we've got we've, we've got, we've got our some, own firepower. Some, yeah. yeah, exactly. But here's the downside of that is you're looking at UCLA probably going to lose to Alabama and then Loyola Chicago and Oregon State. But then Oregon, our last matchup we got to talk about, Oregon and USC are playing each other, so it's Pac-12, Pac-12. Only one can come out. Yeah, top. I think I think I'm excited. Do you want to move on to Oregon? Yeah, USC? we might as well. I don't have much I, else to say about Alabama. That's a UCLA. game I'm pretty excited for. I mean, it's a six and a seven. I think you it could USC beat Oregon in their only matchup this season. 
So I, I'm I'm pretty excited to see that game. I think it could go either way, but um, I mean, you really can't. I really can't tell you who's going to win that game. No, I don't have any idea. I really and, like and Evan it, Mobley. He plays for USC. Mm-hmm. He's really cool. He's a seven footer. He's going to be a top pick in the draft too. But it could go either way. Oregon's been playing really well. You, you, excuse me. USC just kind of put a beat down on Kansas the other night. I think night. I think both of these teams, you know, whoever goes on, I think they have a chance to, you know, apply some pressure to uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if they'll win. And, that, and as a college basketball fan, isn't that what we're just kind of hoping for at this point? But Oregon USC, it should be a very very good matchup. I think that about does it for us for the Sweet 16 talk. We just wanted to do a brief rundown. I mean, making things happen. Needed to get the episode out before the Sweet 16 popped off. It's this weekend. It's going to be good, and I think we should just close it out with three simple words. Where are they? This is March. (laughs) (laughs) I I was hoping you were going to say it, but I could tell by the look on your face that you did not know what it was. I I didn't know the exact words, but... um. This yeah, is March. I, I'm, I'm excited to see these sweet uh, 16 games. I'm gonna try to get try to get some more in there. My my roommate though, he took the the cable box and put it in his room. I'm like, what <laughs> what are you watching on TV? Because <laughs> he doesn't like college basketball. I mean, I, I, it's not that he doesn't like. He just doesn't watch it. Which one? Will Will took it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> took the cable box. I was trying to. I was trying to. Uh, well, I I have some good news for you. What's that? All the games you can stream on March Madness Live. Yeah, but I don't know my. It's free. Comcast information. Oh, then it's not free. It yeah, is not bro, free. it's like lost. Cause my mom, <laughs> she, she, bro, her account is like a at Comcast.net account. They switched over to Xfinity like ten years ago. <laughs> my, like, okay, my mom has her email is still Verizon.net. She's the only person I know with a Verizon.net email. I don't know a single other person. I mean, that's how you got to know that, you know, you're getting a little bit older there when, when the companies are changing their names. No, no, uh, no hate on Mother moms Hill. Everywhere, Mother Hill. Moms everywhere with outdated emails. But that being said, that, that pretty much wraps our Sweet 16 talk. There's some other stuff that we have to talk about. Because a lot has happened in the world of sports. Oh yes, I, you know it's it's a great episode for me to come on because well, yeah, because we traded for you because it was the trade deadline. Trade deadline special. Yeah, the trade <laughs> deadline special. So, NBA trade deadline. You know, one trade deadline I do want to uh, one trade I do want to touch on real quick that I think everybody is kind of hyping up is the Heat getting Victor Oladipo from the Rockets for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk and uh and a 2020 first round pick with swap rights. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. It depends. And I listen to – I love watching The Jump on ESPN with Rachel Nichols. And today it was Richard Jefferson and freaking Kendrick Perkins. But I love watching that show. They were talking about Oladipo for like 10 minutes, and it was something along the lines as if basically this year is – the next three months or however long the season goes is a rental to see if Oladipo can be there long term. Now, Oladipo, he's – He's a guy I really like. Lost a lot of like, he's faded into the abyss. No, it's not even like he's not like a good player either. It's just like, uh, I feel like I saw some stuff about him. Like this man, I forgot what I saw. This man, <laughs> they were like, yeah, this man was on the court asking teams for, to trade for him or something when he was with the Pacers, apparently. 
I feel like I remember that too. Yeah, like what? I don't know. And it's like, know. how am I going to? Okay, I forget that. all the time that this man played with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City on the Thunder. It was like a fever dream. Oh yeah, and that's when his, his stock was really. I mean, and that just goes. I to think. Show, I like, think he went from Orlando to Oklahoma City to Indiana, and now Houston, and now Miami. Uh, yeah, he's definitely had his had his fair share of around, some, yeah. uh, cities, but um, you know, it's 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 undoubted. You cannot say so here. Okay, here's. Talking about the Heat while we're on the topic, Lamarcus Aldridge got bought out by the Spurs and he's expected yeah. to sign with the Heat. Why? I mean, he's you're, gonna, okay, he's gonna get a veteran's minimum. I know, but you're, you lost Kelly Olynyk. You know, you're, but but listen, you're gonna tell me you're gonna pair Lamarcus Aldridge with Bam Adebayo down low? To me, that just like doesn't work that well. And okay, I will, probably, I'll, I'll, I I'll think be honest. Aldridge will probably come off the bench. Okay, then maybe it works. Maybe it works. And. Miami's become a very good place for good veterans to go because they have a work mindset. With Jimmy Butler kind of being the face of that team right now, they just put their heads down and they work. I mean, everybody's yeah. seen the picture of Jimmy Butler like leaned over during the finals mm-hmm. when he just had nothing left in the tank. If that's not what you want from your leader when he's up against the greatest team in basketball that year, what else like could you want? Yeah, I, I I'm I'm excited to see if this is work. This will work. I'm not. People are hailing this trade like it's oh my gosh Miami going dumb. So the really, only, the only argument I can make against it is, did they get better than the Sixers? No. Did they get better than who else is out there? That's um, the Nets. No. Hell no. The Bucks. Heck no. <laughs> the Bucks. No, they didn't get better than the Bucks. They might have pulled away from the Celtics, who haven't didn't really make any moves. They got Evan Fournier. I, I'll People get into re- that okay, in a second. but the Celtics fans in our Twitter group chat were really hyping up Fournier yesterday. I agree if with them. I disagree. If, if it's to the point in your life where you're happy about an Evan Fournier trade, like sorry, I mean I might be spoiled. I have LeBron and you're AD thinking, who are both injured I, he, right now. He's averaging 15 points a game. I'm a hater. I'm an Evan he, Fournier hater. For what? He's literally been on the Magic for his entire career. He's literally been out there. He, putting tear, his, he tears me up in 2K. Yeah, and it'll be so tearing you up and be tearing up the nets on the court. <laughs> You'll probably be coming off the bench. Tell me it's not a, a, at the very least a very valuable bench piece. Yeah, I guess so. They did trade away Daniel Tice, which is just who cares about Daniel yeah, Tice? Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Tice. And uh, I mean, l- let me go ahead and l- look at this real quick. This trade. Yeah, I mean, I think you were wrong. Evan Fournier played for the Denver Nuggets to start his career in the NBA. Damn, Two years, dang. and then he went to the Magic. But he's played okay. for the Magic for the last seven years. So you're going to sit here and tell me Evan Fournier for Jeff Teague and two second-round picks. You're going to tell me that's, like, not a good trade? That's not. That cannot be what the trade was. Yeah, that's what it was. But Jeff Teague played somewhere else, I thought. He played, uh, he played for the Celtics. Really, I did not. Know it, that. It actually, it might have been a three-way trade, but um, I'm trying to find it here. I have the list of all the trades, but it, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about some other moves that went down. I'm I'm done hating on Evan Fournier. Do you want to get into that trade a little bit more though? Yeah, let's let's do that. Let me find it. I, me... I I I really think that's an underrated move, and maybe that's the Celtics. Do you think it makes the Celtics that much better though? I I think it makes them a lot better, but I don't think it may like you said. I I think it puts them in a better position to contend. This top article right here, when I googled Evan Fournier, says Evan Fournier will be high minutes player for Celtics after trade. That's a good thing. Yeah, um, Boston Celtics get Orlando Magic's Evan Fournier for draft picks. That's what this story says. Jeff Teague was in there somewhere. Hey, I'm about to read it. Uh, in a separate deal, Boston traded center Daniel Tice to the Chicago Bulls for Mo Wagner 
Orlando sold the farm. Hmm. I can't. I just want the trade details. This is the worst part. It really is. But um, do you want to move on while you're looking that up? Yeah. Well, this is the move I want to talk about. The Hawks swapped Rondo, and maybe we should rephrase: the Clippers swapped Lou Williams for Rajon Rondo, Rajon Rondo, whatever you want to call him. I mean, I just feel like you got to look at. It was Rondo. two second round picks. You've got to wonder, like, why did he even go to the? He wasn't getting any minutes, really. The Hawks. Yeah. He took the money. I remember when it happened because it was either come back to the Lakers on like a cheap deal because they weren't going to be able to pay him a lot or go out and get one more high dollar contract if you can because your earning potential is going I mean, down. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's a player that can come in, yeah. contribute. He, he's a leader on the floor. So the worst for me, because I love Rondo, I love Rondo when he played with the Lakers, is if the Lakers and the Clippers are in a playoff series and it's vintage playoff Rondo. Well, you got to think it's going to it's there's got to be some like I don't know if it'll be bad blood, but it's like you're literally going to he didn't I guess he didn't have a choice to go to the Clippers, but no, he got traded. Yeah, he didn't have a choice, but it's still like, okay, I literally won a championship with you guys and not even a year later I'm trying to beat you up. And, oh, the and, Lakers. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then on the other side, you have Montrez Harrell who played for the Clippers the year before. That so. was that was an interesting signing when it happened. But we that was have, a surprising. Yeah, one, we yeah. don't need to get into all that today. But here's the thing about Lou Will, and I'm not the first person that's going to say it. I definitely probably won't be the last. Is do you remember when the NBA bubble first started popping and Lou Williams got in trouble for going to his favorite strip club in Atlanta? Yeah, to yeah. Get well, the lemon pepper. Yeah, wings. the lemon pepper wings. And now he's in. He's Atlanta. in Atlanta. He could go. It's, it's called Magic City. I'm pretty sure is the name of the strip club. He can go to Magic City and get the lemon pepper wings. Every day, if he wants to, I want to go there and try them. <laughs> if, if, if they're really that <laughs> if good, they're, 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 they're going to drive good. from Orlando to Atlanta to leave the bubble. To yeah. leave the bubble, I'm about to get some wings. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going, Jason? I'll be back later, Mom. I gotta go to Magic City. Yeah, I gotta, gotta go to a nightclub. I'm not not to dance with any girls or anything or like party. Watch I'm just any girls dance. I'm just, just to get some. I'm just I'm trying, just trying to get some, get some lemon pepper wings. Uh, but, but what? I'm not gonna get too deep in this, but why? Why was that the first thing? I, I'm someone told it's him his favorite, to say that. Apparently, it's his favorite meal. Someone, someone told him to say that, right? He's like, "Do you think he was telling the truth?" <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you're going there think just out of, for I don't the think, wings. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, yeah, I've seen stranger things okay. happen. Before we look at any more trades, we have to talk about the trade that didn't happen. Kyle Lowry. So. I, I just don't understand why, why is that such a big thing. I mean, I didn't know it was a big thing either until it he- heated up around the deadline. Is it, he- it heated up like couple, like literally, literally day days of. before. Did you see Drake FaceTimed him at, yeah, at his yeah. press conference or whatever? But that that's neither here nor there. But yeah, they were just trying to move him. He's 30, I think he's 35, 35 or 36. And so, they, I mean, he's an aging piece. You can only get so much more out of him. And the talk was can he be a contributing piece on a contender? Yeah, he could. He could be, absolutely, but nobody was willing to give up enough to the Raptors to get him moved. Well, I mean, I feel like the Raptor, you know, what Kyle Lowry means for Toronto, it probably, it it ups what they what they are going to ask for him, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because he, he's, he's arguably top three players in Raptors history. He's definitely the most in terms of what he means In terms I of think, what he means I, to I the franchise. The, I think he would be the, my question is, where does, where does Kawhi fall in that? Oh, he's up there too. I definitely it was think one he's up season. There. I mean, yeah, that was. If I had to like make a list, and this might be like biased because I'm younger, because I'm only 20. I've only been watching the league since 2012. Yeah, I've been watching. I'm it, 21, so I might have a better. <laughs> 
it's probably top three most impactful players in Toronto over the last decade. We're not saying the best. No, most impactful. You know, like most. Most impactful would be, I'm going to say, I'm going to list Kawhi too because of the one year of the ring. Three is DeMar DeRozan, who was just there forever. They just couldn't get past LeBron. They couldn't get over Mm -hmm. the hump. And he ended up being the sacrificial lamb in the Kawhi trade. And then one has to be Kyle Lowry because he was there for all of that. So you're you're gonna leave out was anywhere on that list Tracy McGrady or Vince Carter? I just said over the I just over the last decade. Okay, they were okay. before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Vince Carter. No, might no, still I, been I, there, I can definitely agree. You're, did you mention Demar? Yeah, I said it was um, Kyle I Lowry. I would put Kawhi, Kawhi over Demar. That's what I said. Yeah, Kyle Lowry, okay. Kawhi Leonard, Demar Derozan. Then there you go. We have we have an agreement there. I mean, over the. Pa- I don't know if I can name all that many Raptors players because I might be a, able to. For a long time, they were just like, they were like LeBron's like punching bag in the yeah. East, and it just it was. Marcus all won a ring there. Yeah, I'm Marcus. Danny Saul. Green won a ring there. <laughs> I hate Danny Green now. Why? Because I I turned on the Lakers game last night. I didn't even know they were playing because LeBron and AD are hurt. So if I don't watch the Lakers right now, it's fine. They're playing the Sixers. Fairweather fan. <sighs> Whatever. Um. No, I'm not. I love the Lakers. Eat, sleep, and breathe basketball. What are you wearing a Lakers hat? I am wearing a Lakers hat. Um, but they were playing the Sixers, and Danny Green. It was the third start of the third quarter. Danny Green hit back to back threes to stretch out a nice little lead for the Sixers, and it just. I went to my burner Twitter and just tweeted about Danny Green. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be frustrating. Yeah, because I I just the memory of. I mean, the Lakers won the final, so it doesn't really matter. But the game, I think it was game five, and he had a wide-open three-pointer at the very top of the key. Mm-hmm. Wide open, like, to to maybe, if not ice, win the game pretty much. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I know exactly the play you're talking about. Everybody though. knew it was going to miss. You and Will came over mm-hmm. um, because we were going to hang out, and I was like, I'm not leaving till this game's over. And then it was that Danny Green wide open. And everybody in the world knew he was going to miss it, and he clanked it off the, it the front eye. Yeah. No, it didn't even have a chance. Neither here nor there. Kyle Lowry's still a Raptor, and... Who knows? He, if he leaves this year, he leaves this year. But maybe he's a Raptor till he retires. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I personally don't know. So getting back to the uh, the Rajon Rondo trade, you know, we're sitting here watching this Hawks game. They don't seem to be missing him all that much. No, beating the uh, Warriors by not eighteen right now. Yeah, it is an absolute beatdown, and you've got to be frustrated if you're Steph Curry, right? I I don't know. I haven't been paying attention, but I don't think he even played in this game. He got hurt a couple. That's right. A yep. couple of games ago, hurt his tailbone. Trey Young, man. Just pull but, it up. <laughs> just, I don't know. Let me look at a couple other trades here and see if there's anything worth well, mentioning. Do you want to talk about, you know, this is just some little uh, trivia. Uh, the Blazers trade oh. away uh, Gary Trent Jr. in exchange for Norman Powell. So, 41 games into his third season, Gary Trent Jr. was traded. Where did they get to the Raptors? So, 41 games into yeah. his third season, his father, Gary Trent Sr., was also oh, traded. On the same day, apparently. I'm not, I'm not sure. Right around the same day. It was 41 games in both yeah. times. I'm not sure if it was the same day, but I'm pretty sure it was both times Portland to Toronto. Yeah, I, I can't see this trade being a really a huge So, the bigger thing, piece was, was Norman Powell yeah, going to yeah. the Blazers, who apparently he's been having a season of his, like, a great season of his own. Yeah, I mean, on a team that's been underwhelming, I think. Yeah, I mean, for sure, yeah. for sure. And then, I don't know, I I love Dame Lord, so if the Blazers can be good, that's always cool. It's mm-hmm. cool to see Dame do Dame things. 
Yeah. But I mean, I, McCollum's coming to his own this season, as if he hadn't already. already. Him and McCollum, he's come, and McCollum are very, very good together. Yeah, he's come in and really, and really shown out when he's come back. So I think that's another team so, to watch in the West. Just looking over my trade list right here, the last moves I want to talk about was the Orlando Magic basically selling the farm. Vucevic got traded. Aaron Gordon got traded. Fournier got traded. Vucevic was there forever. And now he's going to Chicago. He's going to pair with Zach Levine. Yeah, I think that's a, that's probably the biggest dub. I feel like I've been for, hearing I've been hearing Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets might be a bigger deal. I mean, Aaron Gordon, he's been having a down year. My thing with Aaron Gordon is he's gotten himself because of all the dunk contests. Is he's just a dunker? Yeah, he's I don't really think anybody thinks of him that way. But you know, he wasn't was he an All Star? Not sure. I not think, sure. I think he's been an All Star once. And if not, it's, and if not, it's probably because he's. Have been, you seen his hair this year? It's wicked. Yeah, probably the <laughs> the playoff the playoff the hair. Playoff hair. <laughs> he was never an all star. He was Pac twelve freshman of the year. Ooh, yeah, it's, it's some accolades. Accolades. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go. He was the Hall fourth of overall fame. pick. He was the fourth overall pick. I mean, okay, getting what you got for the fourth overall pick, and, and you, you know, draft kick draft picks can be you know hit or miss. You know, after. Like two or three. Yeah, I mean, you cannot be mad about no, like the production he's done. Not at all. But um, I want to get back to this uh, Vucevic trade. I think I think the Bulls got that dub. I think I, I think that, well, that's yeah. Really well, the help thing was team. the thing was that Orlando was just selling was selling their pieces, pressing the rebuild button, gonna reset it. So I mean, to, because to give up Vucevic to give up, who do they still have? Markel Fultz is down there. He's Injured for he's yeah. out for the season, yep. Yeah. Um but just to give up all those pieces and maybe it was we're done just getting in and being the eighth seed and taking a game from the Bucks and then getting beaten four games in a row. We want to try and reset it and become one of those contenders in the East. I mean it worked for Philly. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. I think you can argue the process worked. Well the difference between Philly and Orlando is I it's kind of weird to be in Orlando because nobody wants to go to Orlando and even in their entire history because of the jerseys. Some of the yeah. ugliest jerseys in all of the NBA. Yeah, they they they, they need to rebrand. They do. <laughs> they really do. Mm. But um, yeah. I mean, you get Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, and two first round picks. My thing is, what years are the picks? Does it say? No, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, you get these two picks, and I I've kind of in the past few days I've kind of hopped on the like the wagon saying like. It's not likely if you, even if you have all these picks, you're not gonna get like you're not guaranteed stars. No, not at all. And the thing with picks is almost what you have to do is you hope you get a couple of high picks, you get some nice young guys in, you get a you maybe get a franchise altering rookie draft pick mm-hmm. maybe once. But then you just have all the picks you have, or you're prepared for other moves you can make. So maybe you're freeing up cap space to go sign X superstar, and then you also have the the assets to be able to trade for another guy you want you know what i mean it's more of a game it's a game of chess in a sense yeah rather than just straight up black and white like checkers but but as i say that and the the thunder they have a lot of picks i mean what they're doing is they just have stony picks it's like you can't miss that many times right no exactly and they probably won't use all those picks but they now have 
I mean, at the very least, they, they control the, the next couple of drafts, probably. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, they have capital to to, and to make some moves. They already have some good players there. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that, Shea Gil, Gilgis Alexander. I love Lou Dort. Mm-hmm. Dortcher Chamber. Dortcher Chamber. Yeah. <laughs> they got rid of Stephen Adams. He's gone. He's not there anymore. I mean, that's fine. I I, I think I, I'm excited for the Thunder. That that as a team, I I they're going to be good. I don't know when. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it takes two, three years, but that that's a team you're gonna need to look out for. And at the very least, I mean, they have the assets to make a move if they to want make, to. Yeah, to, to make, attack when they want to. I mean, let's just say like I don't know. Yeah, maybe like in a couple years down the road, they'll trade for like a big name, like I don't know, Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant, <laughs> James Harden. <laughs> I'm glad we were thinking the same thing on that. No, I was I was just thinking about that. We're talking about it. Isn't it crazy that that era is officially over now? I mean, it's been over for years now. But Russell Westbrook was the last piece still remaining. Like, they yeah. completely just smashed it. Chris Paul last year was the start of the new. I mean, and now you look at well, Westbrook. He's Westbrook. We talk about it all the time. Westbrook, I feel like Westbrook and, and Chris Paul in a way. Because Chris Paul, you forget his stock when he left, like. The Rockets. It was yeah, low. It was terrible. Like, he, literally, like, he literally rebuilt himself in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, and that's the kind of move you're looking for Westbrook. But I. Here's the thing about Russell Westbrook, and I'm not sure if it's on a podcast somewhere or if it's just in a conversation I had, is he can get you a triple-double every night. You might lose by 6. You might lose by 50. You might lose by 20. The thing is, is whenever you see the Wizards lately have, like, a close loss, it's like, yeah, the Kings beat them by 2. Russ still got his triple-double. <laughs> he he is a walking triple-double, but it doesn't correlate to wins. Yeah, so. and that I think people are t- – the Wizards, man, just – a team that needs to talk about a team that needs to just hit the reset. I mean, at this point, if you know, I'm, I'm the not, hometown Wizards. I'm not a Wizard fan. I'm a Pistons fan. More on that on the website <laughs> <laughs> coming out here shortly. Yeah, but um, I mean, in a lot of ways, the the Wizards are in better position than the Pistons because at least they have Beal, who they can they should trade because he's not. What else are you gonna do? I don't know. I I don't know. The Wizards are kind of just a cesspool right now, and you want them to be good because it's Washington. Well, they're unwilling to like let go, and that's. Do you remember when the rumors that KD was going to come to DC because he's from around? Oh my gosh! Yes, that would have been crazy. It would have changed the entire franchise, but no, forever. He decided to go to California for a couple years, win a couple rings, get some hardware. Yep. Oh my gosh! Did you see the? It was like. It was like an Instagram post saying something about I think it was the Warriors owner saying how like nobody had fun during the the last year KD was there that they won a championship like the 2017 season because they were so good at what they were expected to do and KD commented underneath of it he was like y'all look like you're having a lot of fun in the picture KD is the most savage person in the NBA right I do now. not like KD I think it's so funny though it's because not. It's not just because I just like he's like he's just like the weakest man like that's what I'm, and, that's and what I was gonna say is, is, he's is, like. He's like Charmin Soft, but he's one of the best players in the entire league. Yeah, I can't. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what he would say to me. If I guess we're not getting KD on the podcast he anytime no, he's soon. Gonna, if he hears this, and I actually really like KD. I'm not like trying to hate on him, but yeah, yes. KD, please come on the podcast. Yeah, please come on, KD, save our show. But no, it's just like you'd think that somebody that that good and that he wouldn't care about what people have to say, but he does, and it's funny to see him respond every single time. Yeah, and that's kind of. 
That's kind of what I like about KD. Just, <laughs> I thought you didn't like KD. That's, that's one of the things I like. It's just like, okay, yeah, we can mess with KD, and he's, it's, you know he it's going to mess back. with him. You know, yeah. well, the you thing know is, you know to it's going to get to him. That's the thing is we li- we can we have the ability to live free in KD's head, and we all know that. I mean, I doubt that he cares. I mean, he cares, but at the end of the day, he's probably <laughs> sitting up in New York City relaxing. Yeah. Uh, any other <clears throat> trade news that we should go over? Look through them real quick. I mean, besides the phenomenal one episode, Jason Kutcher for Tyler Kirk trait. Wait, so is he going to go take your place on Total Talk this week's Total Talk? Probably not. What if I just sent him to Jaden? I said, just report here. Yeah, and he's not going on the A. I'm ready for Total Talk. <laughs> I already, I already have, I already have the doc set up, so I'll just send that's Tyler the, worst, the doc. Isn't it? Oh, that's good. Well, I mean, the stories are not going to get old, so true. True. Speaking of one of the stories, um, this is just some other stuff, you know, just some conjecture where you point on the next thing. There's a woman who got stuck in a storm drain for three weeks. What? So she was going... Do you want me to go into <laughs> no, it? No, don't give us too much. They got to listen to Total Talk. Yeah, All right. Okay. Like I said, Jason okay. Kutcher, I will take that. Host, co-host of Total Talk, you got to listen to his podcast to hear the story about the woman who was stuck in the storm drain. This is Top of the Hill. We do a little bit more sports around here. Let me see. I want to talk about one more trade, and I just want to find which one I want to talk about. Um, you know, people always want to talk about like Lonzo Ball didn't get traded. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about these Knicks, man. I'm really am. They're good. Yeah, they're fine. But it's like, oh, they're good one year out of all of the they're years. Back. The Knicks are back. Okay. Julius yeah, Randall. they're back to being like the four seed and losing the second round. I can't wait uh, to see that. And the hate continues. Oh. All right, last trade I want to talk about is one that I didn't even hear about and that I'm reading about for the first time right here. The New Orleans Pel- the New Orleans Pelicans are sending JJ Redick and Nicolo Melli to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for James Johnson and Wes Iwundu. I mean, that's a- what's JJ got left in the tank. He's got, the thing is he missed the playoffs. At the very least, he's a player that can. He's gonna. People are forced to respect him, bro. I from range. I had, he's on my two K team, and I he was in my reserves, and I took him off the reserves and let him play some minutes. I had twenty one points on ten shots. Yeah, he's just a he's just a, he's a sniper. A, yeah, he's yeah. A sniper. I mean, the thing is, because you know who JJ Redick is. Yeah, you've. At the very least, you're gonna see him on the floor. You can't leave him open. And that kind of, that kind of opens the the opens the, things up. Yeah, exactly. opens things up. So for, he had never missed the playoffs in his career. He missed for the first time last season with the Pelicans. Isn't that pretty crazy? I didn't know he missed. I thought he was in the bubble though. They were there, but they didn't make the playoffs. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. But yeah, that about does it for all our trade talk. I mean, there's some other stuff we got to talk about. Let's talk some NFL, and then we'll do our little. Look back and then we'll wrap up the show. But two big, two big moves that I wanted to talk about on top of the hill this week: the Dolphins traded the number three pick to the 49ers for three first round picks. But they they changed. They really only got two because. Well, is that right? I believe they only really got two because of um, they traded up again to yeah, get to so number they six. Went, they went to six. So they're still going to get a top-tier player, but they didn't want a QB. They're going to rock with Tua, I guess. But now the 49ers are in prime position to get one of the young quarterbacks if they want one. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. And they're still saying, okay, 
Yeah, I want to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo He's our man. He's here to stay. He's He's our guy this year. Is he, though? If you're really going to be trading for the number three, they're probably telling him that. They have to. You have to tell him that. But what do you go? I'm the 49ers. Time will tell. If I'm the 49ers, what what am I going to get for Garoppolo? Who knows? Bill Belichick will be on the phone. They kind of pay him a massive contract. Bill Belichick will be on the phone. I think Bill Belichick would like to trade up for uh, Mr. Jones. I think Mac Jones to the Patriots is a real possibility. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And then you have Cam Newton, who's on his one-year deal. Absolutely. And that could just be a rental, you know. Absolutely. Let, let him learn the system. Absolutely. And then, yeah, yeah, you, you're good. You're back to winning Super Bowls. Who knows? That would be terrible if the Patriots broke off another dynasty. I would be so epic. I, I would be so happy. <laughs> The other NFL news I want to talk about, the Ravens got a wide receiver. Oh, yay. Sammy Watkins, who got 423 yards last season. Sammy Watkins, one-year deal to the Ravens. Do you think it makes an impact? Do you think it changes anything? I think he'll probably be the number one or two receiver. Yeah, that's the thing is that he can't stay healthy throughout his career. And, you know, he's never been a guy to put up massive numbers. No, and he hasn't. Honestly, I was thinking about this earlier. Why have the Ravens not gotten any good wide receivers, right? To run, run first offense. Yeah, I mean, and this is something Harbaugh said, and, and I mean, he's like, we don't want guys that are just going to want these numbers. No, it's team approach. But I think it can be better. He fits better into the mold of a run-first team than yeah, Hollywood Brown Yeah, 100%, Brandon's. 100%. And, and he, he's a different kind of receiver as well because, you know, we've had a lot of these fast guys. The Ravens did lose Snead, though. Uh, he, he hasn't went to signed the, anywhere yet. No, he, he went to the Raiders. He visited the Raiders. Did he officially sign there? Well, maybe need to fact check that. He was, yeah, he was visiting there the other day. But I think Watkins fits in better than Hollywood Brown. Yeah, Hollywood he Brown is, is uh, he's a Raiders player now. That's crazy. Whatever. Um, I think Watkins can complement Marquise Brown very well, and hopefully the Ravens offense can take Well, it gives them two different forward. wide receivers that are going to be able to attack in different Competent, ways. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's that. That's really the only other thing worth noting about it is that Watkins was drafted to the Bills way back when, and he played his first two years with Greg Roman and the Ravens' current passing coordinator. Yep. So it's good to rejoin them, and maybe, who knows, what if this is the 1,000-yard season for Sammy Watkins? Yeah, I fucking doubt it. Oh. Yeah, you doubt it. I doubt a lot, yeah. So, But that's really all we have in terms of recent news, but we want to wrap up the show with taking a look back at the 2013 NFL Draft. Now, one thing that sticks out about this draft, right, it's just historically bad. Yes. Terrible. I'm looking at it right now. I let's mean, just look at the top of the draft. And we've talked about this before, so let's let's look at the top of the draft. It was Kansas City with the first overall pick, and they picked Eric, offensive tackle Eric Fisher. Pro bowler can't – I mean, for a first They round, just released yeah. him. They just released him. Yeah, and I'm, he, you know, he's going to be in the league for a little bit longer, for definitely. But then after that, it was Luke Jockel to the Jaguars. Nothing noteworthy about him. Yeah, Deion Jordan to the Dolphins. Uh, he's, I don't even think he's in the league. Nothing anymore. noteworthy about him. Lane Johnson at four, one solid, of the best offensive solid, right yeah. tackles and the best right tackle in all of football right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, Ziggy Ansah, mm-hmm. another another Pro Bowl player. But then it goes. Do you remember uh, Barkevius Mingo? I do remember when he got drafted. <laughs> Where's where do you think he's at now? No clue. He's definitely not in the league. I have right? no idea. Jonathan Cooper, offensive lineman, and then at eight it was Tavon Austin, the first. Skill player off the board. You know, he's one of these players that... uh. So, yeah, it was Tavon Austin at pick number eight to the St. Louis Rams, who aren't in St. Louis anymore. They're in Los Angeles. But Yeah, but the thing about Tavon Austin, you know, you we went through a couple of these names. He, out of the top seven picks, most of those players are not in the league anymore. And Tavon, he was hailed as one of these 
one of the better wide receivers coming out. He was the he, best. Yeah, he was he crazy. Was, and he was supposed to be, like, this big guy who was supposed to change, like, really, he was supposed to be the best wide receiver in the league, I think. I th- like, not not going into the league, but he was supposed to develop into a superstar type player. Do you remember his college highlight tape? I mean, oh, his my God. college highlight tape. It was probably an hour long. Yeah. I mean, West Virginia, great plays. Looking, we're not going to go through every name. We don't have time for all that, but... I'm going to just find the first name that's worth noting. I mean, uh, Shel- DJ Fluker. <laughs> Pick 11. DJ Still Hayden. Ah, 13, Sheldon Richardson, mm-hmm. pro bowler. The first name that really jumped. Okay, the first quarterback off the board at 16, the Buffalo Bills. EJ Manuel. Yeah, a terrible player. Terrible. You know, I, I forgot the best quarterback selected in this draft is. Uh, he used to play for the Buccaneers. Geno Smith? Nope. He played for the Jets. He got remember he got his jaw broken. Yes, he was terrible. But he was uh, the best player in this draft. Went at twenty seven. Who was that? DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, hundred percent. DeAndre I mean, Hopkins at pick twenty seven. Although I think um, Travis Kelsey went in this draft as well. Yeah, he went in the third round. So Mike Glennon, he was the best quarterback oh. from this draft. Really? Yeah, in the third round. Jeez. Uh, other noteworthy guys: Le'Veon Bell went in the second round, forty eighth overall. But he flamed out in Pittsburgh so hard. Yeah, the Ravens in this draft, they just they this is a oh, draft after coming off the Super Bowl. Yes, Matt they Elam. won the Super Bowl. I stayed up and watched this whole draft, and the Ravens picked at thirty two. I watched the whole night. And oh my god, you were I probably was so, so excited. excited. Yeah. I was so <laughs> excited about Matt Elam because Ed Reed had just left. I was like, okay, we got the replacement for Ed Reed. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and then he comes on. The, he just is. He was terrible. terrible. He, I mean. He's got to be the biggest bust, and I mean, okay, it's pick thirty two. Even still. Bigger bust than Brashad Perriman, you think? At least Brashad Perriman's still in the league. True, true. Matt Elam, Matt Elam he probably played about CFL three, somewhere. four seasons, and then he was done. Yeah. As a first-round draft pick, that, that's just a Man bust. Teo went 38th overall. Yeah. Him and his fake girlfriend. <laughs> I, I'm, she's probably very well taken care of. The thing about, <laughs> do you think Teo, do you think that hurt his, like... It, oh, for sure. Oh, for my sure. God. For what though? It's like this man got. Uh, this he made up a fake girlfriend. Let's no, just I, not. I draft thought him. he got. He got caught making up a fake girlfriend. I thought he got catfished. <sighs> Maybe, it's but like, even that—that yeah, might, that might be low even mentals. Worse. That, exactly, <laughs> the one that he did bad on the. You really, you test. really, you really want him to, uh, you know, command your defense. Hey, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's still in the league. I I think he's a free agent right now, but he was in the league as of last season, I believe. Yeah, so that's worth noting. Teo, yeah. He played for the Chicago the pick, Bears in 2020. Geno uh, Smith went next after Manti Teo, but the pick in between them was forfeited by the Cleveland Browns because they used that pick in the supplemental draft. Who'd the draft? Josh Gordon, Flash Gordon. I think... You think it was worth it? I mean, in I this do, draft, I think yes. so. In this for draft, what they yes. ended up... For the production, they were, were able to get out of him for as long as he was there. He just can't stay off the drugs, man. I mean, I don't know... I, I'm pretty sure he's playing with Johnny Manziel and in, 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 in a fan league. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> did you see he caught the hail mary to win it all a couple weeks ago? Bring him back in the league. I would love to see that. Honestly, but the problem is he's probably suspended for like three or four years now. Yeah. So hey, I I, I still believe we're gonna get Josh out. Or pardon me, Josh Gordon in the league. Like when he's like 35, be like, okay, this is his last chance. <laughs> he he could go for so, it. So one of our first podcast episodes was. We talked about it because he got reinstated, and I said he fails a drug test before halftime. I don't even think he made it to the game. I think he literally was back out. 
before it was over. But just looking. But at my the, thing is, you know it's coming. Then just don't sign it. Don't, no, I'm saying like, jo, Josh Gordon, if you're listening. Tea. So here's my plan. <laughs> so you, you're gonna pass your drug test to get reinstated, right? Maybe just wait a little bit. Maybe not like as soon. <laughs> he probably, he probably. He, passed his drug he, test. Okay, at this got point, got in the car. That's what I was gonna say. We lit up a, that's whatever what he was say. lighting up. That's what I was gonna say. At this point, we 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 are forced to believe that he smoked on the way to his drug test because that's just the kind of guy he is. Oh, on the way back. I mean, on the way there. I mean, I he's like, know. he's like, this won't get in my pee by the time. <laughs> yeah, Josh. Shows up to the drug uh, test. Yeah, hour. yeah, Josh. That's neither here nor there. Let's let's take another look at this class. Sixty first overall, Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solid player. I think Travis Kelsey's probably the best player in this draft. I'm going to say D-Hop. I, I don't know. It's pick your poison, I guess. I mean, and one thing I didn't know, he came out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He almost got kicked off the Cincinnati football team. You want to explain that? Well, he, him and his brother both played there, and he was a quarterback originally. So he just, I think he couldn't stay out of trouble. And so I think he got kicked off the team, and then he, like, asked to come back. He, like, begged to come back, and the coach was, said, fine, but you're going to come play tight end. And so he just played tight end, kind of put his head down, stopped being such a knucklehead, and look at him now. That worked out well for him. Yeah. Talk about betting on yourself. Well, I mean, he's got to thank the coach for that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's exactly what a guy that needs, though, is someone to just get in get in your behind and just motivate you almost. But yeah. just um, Tyra Matthew at 69th overall. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's really carved out a career for himself. I mean, he had the... You know, and the thing about him, I, I just feel like him and Matthew, or pardon me, Tyron Matthew and Travis Kelly, I feel like I feel like Matthew's been in the league for so much longer. Yeah, no, it's hard to believe it, They're both they on the same, same team draft. now. Yeah, they both play for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, Matthew bounced around. He played the Cardinals, then the Texans, and then now the Chiefs. But he, he slipped so far because of character concerns, and I think it's safe to say that the Honey Badger... Kind of laid that to rest. Oh, 100%. Mike Glennon at 73, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You said the best quarterback. Best quarterback in the draft, easily. <laughs> Keenan Allen went 76th mm-hmm. overall. Yeah, and shortly after that went uh, Marquise Goodwin. One of the fastest players in the entire I mean, NFL. yeah, he carved out a career. I think he's – is he still in the league? I believe so. I mean, he's probably on his way out if not, but, you, I mean, he, getting for him – a while, he was just hailed as, like – the fastest player. Yeah, getting him for at the thirty at the third round of seventy eight. You can't hate on that. Brandon Williams at ninety four to the Baltimore Ravens. Good solid pick. career. Good pick. Good pick. Had a very solid career. Took that a pay cut. Pardon me. Took a, yeah, took a pay cut yeah. this year. Um, trying to make the team a little bit better. Uh, Matt Barkley out of USC went ninety eighth overall to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, one thing everyone forgets it was like he was there was like a three way battle between him. I think I don't know if it was Vic. Vic might have been out by then. <laughs> I think it was, was it him and Bradford? It was him. Sam Bradford. And then Foles was in there somewhere. I think so. Yeah. I, rem- I remember that when there was a QB battle in that. Because Barclay people was- forget, Foles threw for seven touchdowns in a game before. Yeah. Can, can you believe That's, that? We should do a deep dive on that one time on top of the hill is the career of Nick Foles. Yeah, he's he's had his own thing. His ups and his downs. David Bakhtiari went 109th overall. He's one of the best tackles in the league right now. He plays for the Packers. Mm-hmm. So that was a good pick in the fourth round. And that's the thing about the draft is you find your gems everywhere. I mean, Tom Brady was pick 199. So uh, just looking, it's a while until you find somebody else worth talking about after, what did I say, after Bakhtiari. And then the Ravens got Juszczyk, Kyle Juszczyk. And he's he's still a solid player in the league mm-hmm. as far as fullbacks go in a dying mm-hmm. position. I think he might be the highest paid fullback. 
Oh, he should be. He's a great utility piece for mm-hmm. the 49ers. It was sad to see him go when he left because he, that's exactly who he was. He was a utility piece. I mean, but they, they really have – I feel like Patrick Ricard is really – I'm they, not missing so the difference. That no, much. exactly, not at all. The difference is is Ricard is better for what the Ravens do now. I mean, the thing is, you'll see Ricard sometimes. He'll be like on the defensive line. Yeah, well, that's where he started. He started. He came in as a D yeah. line, and they changed him over to fullback. It takes me a while, but I get to the fifth round, pick 159, Micah Hyde to the Green Bay Packers. He's a stud for the Bills now, but a good pick way back when. Mm-hmm. Talented player. Who else do I have? The Ravens drafted Rick Wagner, 168th overall. He is a starter, I want to say, for the Lions. Sounds might be, about right, might yeah. be somewhere else right now. But, I mean, the rest of this draft is just a little barren. Latavius there's, Murray. There's some, uh, there's some diamonds in the rough if you go to undraft. You got A.J. Boye drafted by the uh, – or, pardon me, picked up by the Texans. Ryan Jensen, yeah. Ravens too. The Ravens had a really good draft this year. Aside from the top of it, <laughs> except for the most important except part, for, exactly. Yeah. Except for the most important, I mean, one. yeah. The, yeah, undrafted, they got uh, Brendan Trawick, who was in his own right. He was. I fine. remember him. I liked him. Jordan Pro Bowler. Boyer went two hundred eighteenth. Tress Way was the undrafted player. C.J. Anderson was the undrafted player. Adam Thielen. Thielen, yeah, yeah. he has a great story. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm in the seventh round now. Nothing I like. Tony. Jefferson, Tony Jefferson went undrafted in this draft. That doesn't surprise me. He's he was, a good player. No, no, no. I I know he's a good player, but he I, I'm pretty sure he went to a smaller school. Uh, he went to Oklahoma. Uh, yes, yeah, real small <laughs> school. Never heard of that one. <laughs> doesn't it suck when a take comes back to bite you? It comes to haunt you, Jordan Dangerfield. Everyone familiar with him? It's just a cool name. He, yeah, he, Jack went to, Doyle, he actually went end. to uh, Jordan Dangerfield. He went to Towson. Did he? Yeah, you know who else went there? Diamond Dangerfield. No, yeah, no. Oh. Naomi Osaka. You, yeah, you I know. I know her? Naomi Osaka. Is it her her boyfriend? Yeah, Corday. You know, he made an album a couple. I think it was I've heard of Corday before. Yeah. Well, he also went to Towson. The more you know, man. Yeah, yeah. The more you know. But that really wraps it for that draft. And let's just let's just take a step back and just. What a bad year for the NFL draft compared to how hot some of these drafts oh, are. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nothing. I mean, bro. I mean, all we have to say is Matt Elam, and that just sums up the draft in one player. Yeah, hundred percent. Your best players, the best players from this draft are DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, Tyran Matthew. I mean, you probably have two to three Hall of Famers. Keenan in this Allen. Draft. I don't know if Keenan Allen's a Hall of Famer, but he's definitely. That's, I was just yeah, he's the best player. player. So, and then I mean, as far as linemen go, I mean, it with, it did produce some good linemen, with but every linemen, draft's gonna it, do that. Yeah, it, like. I can't tell you what a Hall of Fame lineman looks like. Really, like Jonathan Ogden. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you gotta get like ten Pro Bowl. Like, yeah, no. you have to do a lot for a long time. Yeah, um, Marshall yeah, Yonda. That's what I was gonna say. I would argue that he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, definitely. Maybe a little bit biased there, Defin- but no, definitely a Hall of Famer. No bias needed. He's not a first ballot just because he's. A he lineman. might be. He might. I be. would be very surprised. Wouldn't that be something? But that about wraps our 2013 NFL Draft Talk, one of the worst drafts in NFL history. That pretty much does it for our show, but we have one more thing to do. Top of the Hill takes. Top of the Hill takes. Um, what is your – do you the have week. one? This is, yeah, I'm giving you a Top of the Hill take. That's I'm fine. putting you on Top That's of the fine. Hill. That's fine. One that will come to fruition by next week. Yeah, well, I mean, it That's can fine. be whatever you want. Um, By the end – 
There will be one seed in the final four that is above five. Above a five? I'm going to go down the same vein. I'm going to rock with the Oral Roberts Golden Eagles. They will win at least one more game. Guess we're just. I'm gonna hold my judgment. I guess but, we'll have to yeah. wait and see if we're still on the top of the hill by this time next week. But like I said, that about does it for us. Special shout can out. I ask special a question thanks. real quick. If I if my take comes true, do I get anything? You get the show. You can have the whole show. Uh, yes. <laughs> It'll just be Jason Kutcher presents Top of the Hill. I'm gonna rename it. It's gonna be like Total Talk Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so very special thanks to Jason Kutcher for filling in, even though I traded for him. I'm not going to get that second-round pick back, but I didn't need it. So, like I said, that does it for us. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this little bit of a wacky 10th episode, a little bit of a change of pace, but I had a great time recording it. Did you have a good time? Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit sweaty, but, you know, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's hey, part of the process. We're in the gym, we're in the lab, we're in the studio. That's how it goes. Of course. Well, it's, been a, pleasure, it it's been a pleasure to be on... Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Pleasure to be on top of the hill and check out Total Talk for stuff that's not sports, pretty much. Everything else. So that does it for us on this week's Top of the Hill. <laughs>